Welcome to another episode of Go Girl, because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Please be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and AshleyCaprice.com and never miss an episode. This is a podcast where we focus on affirmations, motivation, girl power, and girl talk. Today is a very special episode in honor of World AIDS Day just passed. I'm speaking to an HIV and AIDS advocate. We are talking about how she is surviving and thriving with HIV. We'll get into it after this. I am are two of the most powerful words and what you say after shapes your reality. Hope you do these affirmations every single day, but you know, I'll at least bring one to you every week. So I want you to look at yourself in a mirror, say I love you and repeat today's I am affirmation, which is I am unshakable. I am unshakable. Now I'm from Los Angeles, okay? So I'm used to an earthquake here and there. And when the ground starts moving and shaking, I'm like, that's all you got? That's nothing. Anyone from out of town is scared for their life, right? (laughs) They are scared. They are running. They are posting about it on social media. Like, what is going on? You know, but we're kind of used to it. We're a little unshakable in Los Angeles. We're not tripping over much when it comes to an earthquake. And that's the same way we should get with our life. You know, instead of giving our power away or when you're truly at peace is when there's so much going on. that The ground is shaking from an earthquake or your heart is shaking from some a heartbreak or your mind is shaking. Your, your faith is shaking. You're, you're scattered. You're, you, you're not focused. But remaining calm in the midst of all that and remaining at peace is truly powerful. So we got to get to the point where we are unshakable, like anything could happen around us. But we know exactly what to do to get us back to ourselves and get us back to our spirit and to our right mindset. Okay, because we are unshakable. I don't know what's happened to you this year. It could have been some terrible horrible things that you don't even want to mention or some things that you'll mention one day but know that no matter what has happened you are unshakable can you believe first of all this is the end of the year like what where did the time go by the way let's not wait until the new year for our new year's resolutions and to set some new goals This is a whole new month. We need to start setting the tone right now for what we want and for what we need in 2020. It's a whole new decade. What? Yes. A whole new decade. So start whatever it is right now. If you wanted to start a blog, maybe write down some blog topic ideas. If you wanted to write, want to write a book, write down some chapter ideas. Maybe you want to start a podcast, some topic ideas. Uh, if you want to invest in real estate or businesses, make sure you read up on it and figure out how to do it. You want to get your finances in order. You want to get your, your health in order. Read up on it. Do your research and just start now. Just start now. Maybe you need an accountability partner. Seek one out. Maybe one of your friends has the same goal. Get on it. 
Get on it with each other. Motivate each other. Help each other. Okay? Because in 2020, we are still going to be unshakable. Things are going to happen in 2020. We can't, we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. But right now, we can make sure our mind is right. Our spirit is right. So that we're not moved when anything happens that comes to destroy our peace. But we know that we have control over our own peace and our own reactions, right? Or at least that's what I've been preaching. So I hope you know that. <laughs> but I am unshakable. No matter what has happened to me, it doesn't define me. I am unshakable no matter what friends say, family say, you know, no matter what uh, the industry says for, for me, no matter what your boss says, no matter what your children say, say, no matter what anyone in your past says about you, you are unshakable. No matter what the doctors say, something might be going on with your health and you're not doing too well, but the doctor doesn't have the final say so. You feel me? So I am unshakable. No matter the circumstances, no matter what might be going on right now, this is just a temporary point in my life, okay? It's temporary. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, in the midst of it all, you're going to remain calm and you're going to remain unshakable. I am unshakable. Say it to yourself. I am unshakable. Now, I'm bringing in a guest who uh, I used to live in Decatur, Georgia, when I was younger, about eight, nine years old, and she and I were close friends when I was out there and we've kept in touch through social media and I'm bringing her in because she's definitely the epitome of unshakable. She has HIV and instead of letting that define her or becoming a victim to it, she decided to flip it and she's now helping other women and other people who have HIV or AIDS. We'll listen to her story and also get tips on us making sure we're taking care of our own health in Girl Talk coming up next. All right, I'm super excited because World AIDS Day just passed. So it was very important for me to uh, focus on this topic with all of these young women and young girls listening to the podcast. I wanted to share uh, this special episode with you. And I'm so excited. I have a a longtime friend on the line. She's a mother, a speaker, and a global activist for HIV and AIDS. Masanya Trailer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. So World AIDS Day just passed. Please tell the people a little bit about that and um, about bringing awareness to this disease. Well, uh, for one, uh, this makes been over 35 years that HIV and AIDS has been around and this upcoming year is more of a celebratory moment for people living with HIV that have been surviving more so than uh, grieving uh, Mm -hmm. a lot more deaths of people who have passed away but we get to celebrate those who have passed away that paved the trail for many of us remain HIV negative and for those of us who are HIV positive, remain positive in our mindset to keep pushing forward to uh, take care of ourselves and our community. That's so important, the mindset. And I do want you to share your own story of when you found out that you were HIV positive and how old were you and just give us some backstory about you and why this is so important to you. Well, I was diagnosed HIV positive in 2010 
I was 23 years old, and two weeks after my diagnosis, I found out that I was pregnant. Mm. Uh, I had been in what I thought was a monogamous relationship, Mm. and I had been an adamant person about my health as far as making sure I get tested every year for any uh, sexually transmitted infections or diseases. It was just a part of my routine health care when I would go for my pap smear. It wasn't something that I was prompted to do. It was just a commitment that I made to myself. And I figured that as long as I was HIV negative, then the person that I had been dealing with ongoing for a couple of years must be negative as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're running this beautiful streak. You know, you can't make people go to the doctor and some people are afraid, but if I do my part and I trust you, then we should be all right. Right. However, that person never got tested. And if they did, they are uh, not willing to share that information with me. Wow. So they may still have an HIV diagnosis, but I wouldn't know. Um, I then believe that you had to be a person of the LGBTQ community and my naivety and uh, my ignorance. I thought that, you know, you had to fit a particular stereotype that you had to be gay and Mm -hmm. that these were things that could, you know, mostly impact my chances would be a low risk and it would mostly impact people who lived a part of the LGBTQ lifestyle. So I didn't really consider myself as someone that was highly at risk, yet still, I made sure that I was getting tested annually. And so you found out, um, and two weeks later you were pregnant. You, you found out that you were pregnant as well. So this is a lot to deal with at one time because you're also looking at your partner at the time, right? Like, you know, not being able to trust him, uh, probably not being able to trust anything at the moment. Walk me through the emotions that you were feeling after receiving this news? Well, you know, a lot of times people like to assume that you're being promiscuous if you contract an STD or STI. Right. Um, or at least one or the other person in the relationship must not have been uh, totally faithful, is what people assume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As women, it's really unfortunate that people oftentimes assume that you're being a hoe or that you're out there and being promiscuous. And for me at the time I had been dating someone for about three, four years, had broke up with him and then started dating someone new for about six months. Mm -hmm. And within those six months of dating someone new, I found out that I was HIV positive and pregnant. Wow. So I had to go back and say to my ex, Hey, I found out that I was HIV positive. Well, I didn't have to, I chose to. Mm -hmm. And then with my then current boyfriend, um, I went to him and let him know, but both people, both persons were very uh, apprehensive about going to get tested. Wow. So I just didn't know where to stand with that, but I was very distraught. I was traumatized. I was uh, very um, uncertain about which way to go in life. I had given up a lot of hope, a lot of um, my goals and my dreams at the time, because once again, I was only 23 years old. Mm -hmm. And part of my plan was not to have another child or to be HIV positive. That was (laughs) definitely not part of my plan. Right, right, right. And so you said they were apprehensive. I hear a lot of times with women, you know, we go to the doctor, we take care of Mm -hmm. ourselves. It's so hard Mm -hmm. 
for men to go to the doctor. And it's like they won't check up on anything until a woman says, hey, I have this. You know, why don't you go check yourself out? You know, it's like they don't know until a woman tells them something. Right. And one thing I've learned um, just from reassessing myself and my actions, because oftentimes, you know, when we get an STD, we want to blame the other person, but we had a choice and a decision mm-hmm. at the end of the day, yes. which is we can make the commitment that if you're not going to, basically no glove, no love. If you're not going to use protection each and every time that I request it for my body, for my health protection, right. this is not just about trust. This is about building trust and protecting each other. Then you don't respect who I am. You don't see me as worthy of always making sure that I take care of us. And so that becomes one challenge. So sex negotiation is something that I wish I had learned a little, um, made a strong, made it a stronger value for myself. You have a lot of women that um, are married. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of women who are married who find out they're HIV positive after they've gotten married or after they've gotten pregnant after their marriage. Yeah. And Oftentimes, people aren't getting either tested together or requiring their partners to get tested. Mm-hmm. If this is something that is heavily impacting our communities, why aren't we taking a stronger stand to not only protect ourselves, but to protect the next generation of children and youth to say this is not something we're going to accept as okay in our communities? Right. Why aren't we doing that? Right. Like you said, there are times where you're in the mood, right? And you'll say, hey, you need to put on a condom and the guy make you feel like, oh, but it'll feel better without or what, you don't trust me? And it's like, what? Like this has nothing to do with anything else except for I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what I desire. And that's for you to put on a condom and we protect ourselves, you know? Or they'll try to make you feel like, oh, what, you have something? It's like, none of this is true. <laughs> Just put yeah, on a condom. Yeah. The, the other thing is, um, you know, there's a female condom that you can use, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that the strongest stand is that if we are really taking a stand in our community around high rates of sexually transmitted diseases and infections, then we have to take a stand around our sexual values, mm. which must entail making a stronger commitment to what protection looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and having some control and boundaries around that, yeah. you know, but two things that as human beings that we're not going to let go of is food and sex. Mm-hmm. There are natural things that are human crazed and that we, you know, is essential to our lives and our, we don't have to have sex, but it is a natural want yeah, as right. a human being, or even though it's like animals, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a natural part of life. However, because we have these, uh, diseases and infections that are in our community heavily, we, we're not taking a stronger cultural stand around our sex lives. Yeah. Even if you're choosing to have multiple partners, you still would need to make sure that you're doing whatever it takes to protect yourself. Yeah. Girl, I I trip when I get like a bladder infection or something. I'm like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, you know, what's going on? (laughs) What happened? (laughs) And the doctors are like, "Uh, you don't have to get that from a guy. I'm like, I don't know. I don't trust it, you know? (laughs) Well, I've never, you know, and that's so interesting because I've like never had um, a bladder infection or um, I think I may have had a UTI when I was younger, Mm -hmm. but 
I've never had a like a bladder infection things. The only thing that I've had to deal with were um and on a heavier note was just um HIV living with HIV, contracting HIV and a heart attack. Those are two things and those are two mm-hmm. things that for me with the lifestyle that I had prior to those diagnoses and those um health challenges I can honestly say, like, I had an overall healthy lifestyle prior to those things happening. So it really made me question, okay, well, what is it that brought me to this point? You know, I don't have high cholesterol. I don't have high blood pressure when it came to the heart attack. The stress was no different. It was way less than what I've done before, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I, I don't eat, I don't eat, you know, pork. I don't. I don't uh, eat a lot of fried foods and eat out a lot. I don't uh, drink a lot of alcohol or anything like that. So, you know, I I realize, you know, I've been told and I've learned that sickness is for everyone, but HIV is not one of those things that has to be for everyone. Right. Yes, and HIV stands for human, but, you know, after a while, you get in a relationship with someone, you get comfortable, Mm -hmm. and then condoms start coming off. You you know, you use them 85% instead of 100% of the time. Right. And I think that we don't build enough ongoing trust with people to establish stronger values around our sexual health is part of the bigger issue uh, so, when it comes to HIV. Would you suggest, or what do you suggest? Uh, couples should go together and see each other's results and whatnot, or what would you suggest? Yeah, I think that it mm-hmm. it should start with a conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, start with a conversation. You know, don't just, if you're going to just jump into it and you're like, oh, I just want to have sex with this person. Like, I'm feeling them or like I'm in the moment. Then you need to be in the moment of, <laughs> in your mind, if I'm in the moment, just, you know, I'm going to go ahead and use a condom. Right. And then the other thing is, you know, today we have a PrEP, which is a pill that you can take once a day to prevent HIV, mm. you know, pre- pre- prevent contracting. It's like a birth control pill for HIV. Mm. And if we can say birth control for some of us, whom that's our preference, if we can say birth control to prevent pregnancies, you can be willing to take a pill to prevent HIV as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've met quite a few women who have made a, a commitment that, you know what, I would date someone living with HIV. However, I'm going to make sure I'm going to, you know, start mm-hmm. taking this pill called, you know, PrEP so that I can pre- make sure that I can prevent myself from, uh, well, or c- c- create a, an additional barrier of protection mm-hmm. so that I do not contract HIV from a partner. Like if someone lies to me that they have it. So there are different tools, but the first part is with the conversation and that both parties are making a commitment to this so that it doesn't just catch everyone off guard. Right. That part. <laughs> Women have to do everything. Like, oh my goodness, you yeah. got to take the birth control pill. But gotta, like, if you, I, yeah, we, that, that, that is a big thing. However, I still feel like because we are like huge communicators that is a part of our natural being oftentimes. If you value yourself and your body and yeah. your worth, then I think that you should make a commitment to yourself that if I'm going to date somebody or if I'm going to be in a relationship with someone, this is one of the things that I'm going to put as a boundary and a standard mm-hmm. um, in order to continue any level of a relationship with me. 
And that person, if they respect that, they're not going to badger you with, oh, you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I respect that. And because I respect that, I trust you because you're going to do whatever it takes to make sure I'm okay too. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the necessary steps with you. And then they're going to also realize you don't play that. Okay. And <laughs> they're not going to be too comfortable. <laughs> it shows that the woman loves herself more. You know what I mean? It has values and standards and that's you sh- yeah. a man should want a woman like that. Right. It's like when you're dating someone and they say, well, you don't love me. And if you love me, you X, Y, Z, you'll make sure you do this, that, and the other. Your counterpoint is I love you, but I love me more. Yes. Yes. I've said that before. <laughs> like I love you, but I love myself more. Got to go. Um, it's, it's like a true thing because yeah, we always have to put ourselves first. We have to love ourselves more, you know, than the other person or else we're just going to lose ourselves in that situation. And let's talk about that because you did mention accountability earlier and you said, you know, you, you know, you had a part in, um, in this because you chose to not have sex with a condom that time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk more about um, self-love and accountability and what did you do and how did you take care of yourself mentally? Because like you said, it took you a while to forgive yourself for that or, or to come to terms with that. But what else did you do to take care of yourself mentally and spiritually? Well, I had to want to. Mm. I know during, I, prior to my diagnosis, I, I like I said, I had an overall healthy lifestyle. I had a very strong spiritual relationship with the God that I serve. Mm-hmm. And I had an overall healthy physical lifestyle. Um, I, my, my eating habits were very healthy. Um, the people that I kept in my circle, I was very limited in whatever emotional stresses or stressors that I could have had. Now, when I got diagnosed, I beat myself up a lot. Yeah, I began to look at, you know, maybe this is a punishment because I didn't wait until I got married to have sex. You know, maybe because I, I'm not a virgin. You know, I started nitpicking at myself, like maybe because I had a kid when I was 16. And, you know, maybe it's because I, you know, I just tried to find blame within myself. And then I realized, well, the act that I participated in, the behavior that I had, of having sex was no different than what my mother and father did to bring me into this world. Mm -hmm. So how can I be so angry with myself about that? Right. Right. And the prevalence of HIV and AIDS in the community in which I lived, I wasn't aware of how prevalent it was for the community that I lived in. So I was blindsided by that as well. Mm -hmm. All they were promoting was get tested, get tested, get tested. And I thought that, you know, mainly getting tested was enough prevention. You know, if I get tested, I know my status that that prevents me from getting HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, truly disliked myself uh, because HIV made me think that I was less valuable, less worthy of having more out of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's going to want to deal with me because of the stigma of HIV, which is that mark of disgrace, you know, like, oh, you're disgusting because you have this virus. Mm. And I then decided when I learned that a friend of mine passed away, part of my self-care became speaking up, speaking up, sharing my story, being more transparent about how I contracted HIV, how can it impact others? 
mm-hmm. and finding some level of inspiration. I did a lot of reading on uh, self-help books like The Four Agreements, mm-hmm. uh, The Secret. I read Yesterday I Cried by Ayala Vincent. Mm-hmm. I poured into myself as much as possible. I did have a long period of time before I realized what I was battling up against. And it had nothing to do with my physical. It had everything to do with my spirituality, which was impacting my mental and my emotional abilities. Right. Mm -hmm. So as I started building up my spirituality, I began to try my best to find the good in every little thing. Mm -hmm. So instead of being angry about stuff, I would say, you know what? I learned from that. So it's good. Or that person cussed me out. Oh, it's okay. They probably was upset before they saw me, mm-hmm. you know, or my car broke down. Well, at least I can still get on the bus, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would find the, the, the good in everything. And eventually that started helping me to turn things around for myself, just remaining positive. I'm like, okay, HIV positive. It doesn't say negative. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean I have to keep a negative attitude. I can remain positive towards life and find what's next that God has for me because if I'm still living and there are other people with HIV or who have passed away from complications of AIDS, but I'm still here. Why? And I wanted to seek that out. Let me seek out why am I still here? And if the God I serve stripped me of everything that I loved and everything that I had, what will give me the strength to keep going? Hmm. And that's the place that I started coming from. So now, today, I utilize, uh, I still like to read books, but I've gone back to the small things that bring me joy in my, from my childhood, like crocheting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to do bowling. I appreciate reading. I've said that several times. Mm-hmm. But most of all, one of the things that have been a really big tool for me is having a mental health therapist, okay, a mentor, a life coach, and a, a peer, mm-hmm. someone who I can relate to. Wow. You're so strong, Masanya. Oh, thank you. You're so <laughs> strong. And just because we all go through something, but the way that you, you know, you're like, okay, I have to take time myself what can, you know, what is really the lesson? What can I do now to help other people, you know? And it's like you've found your purpose throughout all of this because now you're helping other people, right? Through, um, you have your own organization? Yes, I have my own nonprofit organization called Lady Burgundy. Yes. And Lady Burgundy is a nonprofit for health and wellness initiatives with a specialty focus on women, youth, and HIV and AIDS. Okay. See, Lady Burgundy, you're now taking, because like you said, at first you took care of your physical health and of of course spiritual health as well, Um, but you were eating well and doing all that you had to do to take care of yourself, but now it's like taking care of yourself mentally means more than anything and it all starts with our mindset, right? When we can succumb mm-hmm. to some bad thoughts and um, it can lead us down the road to destruction. But if we focus on our mindset and think positive, the way you even flip that, like HIV positive, like, okay, well, it doesn't say negative. I like that, 
you know, and yeah, even on your website, it says she's positive. <laughs> I loved it. Yep, I use that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm one of the things that I had to look at was <clears throat> majority of the people in my immediate circle are HIV negative, and I would like for them to stay that way. Mm-hmm. However, I do help people who are HIV positive, so I have dealt with self-inflicted stigma where mm-hmm. I'm wondering, okay, if you guys are out with me, are people going to think you're you're HIV positive, or um, do you think that people are going to think that you're HIV positive, and how is that a negative for you? Right. And what are, what steps are you going to take to remain HIV negative so that you can confidently say that you're HIV negative? If you're supporting me, right, being HIV positive, so I, you know, I, I think about those things and I consider it. So when she's positive, I've also created something called the Queen's Room, okay. where women who are supporters of women living with HIV/AIDS come together, and you don't necessarily know if the woman is positive or negative. You're just a woman who believes in the vision and the mission of Lady Burgundy mm-hmm. to serve people living with HIV and AIDS. If you have any association with people living with HIV or AIDS, people will automatically assume that you are too, but you get to destigmatize HIV and AIDS by supporting people living with the virus as well. Got it. Sounds like you're doing a lot of good things. And you're actually in Atlanta. And I read a statistic on your website. It says that those living and surviving on HIV AIDS diagnosis in Atlanta affects ages 13 to 24 and 55 plus. Wow. Well, it's not just here in Atlanta, it's mainly just the South. Okay. Um, that is something that came from the CDC's mm-hmm. uh, website. And um, yes, so what I've uh, pushed for uh, to talk about as a subject in our community is the intergenerational disconnect that I've realized. Mm -hmm. When I look at those age groups, and I say 55 and up, and then I look at 13 to 24, you're talking about grandparents and grandchildren. Right. Not the the in-between generation. Yeah. Wow. You know, and that means they're not communicating. They're not talking to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a, it's almost like HIV is a thing of the past. And it, it can be, it can become a thing of the past, but it's still very ever-present. It is still very lucrative for mm-hmm. for the healthcare industry. It's very lucrative for the healthcare industry, so it's not a thing of the past. It is very ever-present. It's very, it's, it's still here. Mm-hmm. So if the grandparents and the grandchildren would communicate more, I think those values would be strengthened. Mm-hmm. What keeps you motivated? Right now, I am finding different things to keep me motivated. Uh, This year, I experienced a massive heart attack Mm -hmm. that was not induced by stress. It wasn't induced by uh, bad eating habits. It It was a random happening. And so it has, you know, challenged me to rethink how I move and be a little more stingy with my time mm. and with my heart. Yeah. Um, so my motivation at this point uh, in this season of my life is definitely my children, my mother, uh, my family, my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I will say definitely my God. Um, yes. 
and understanding that my purpose is a little stronger than just HIV and AIDS. I do not yearn to become an advocate for heart awareness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I I do still feel very strongly about HIV and AIDS. I'm very passionate about that. Yeah. But the double entendre with that is that uh, the red ribbon stands for heart awareness and HIV and AIDS. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) Wow. I'll take that. God, it's Um, like, she is strong. She can do it because, you know, like, because you are or were already passionate about health, it's like, you know, you can still (laughs) advocate for good health, you know? Wow. Yep. And uh, dig dig a lot deeper. It makes me, that's part of my motivation right now, digging deeper and taking my time. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very choosy about what I give my heart to at this point because the work that we do um, even with your Go Girl podcast, that's heart work. Yes. Whether you realize it or not, you're putting a lot of heart into it. Yes. And you don't know what it is to appreciate breathing until you're not able to. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've had that struggle. <laughs> yeah. So Wow. Yeah. So they didn't, did they know where it came from? Or it was just, like you said, just happenstance? It just, mm. no stress or anything? It was happenstance. I had something called spontaneous coronary artery dissection Mm -hmm. and so the first word um in it is spontaneous and it doesn't matter how much weight you have on you how skinny you are how old you are how young you are Mm -hmm. how healthy you are it is a random tear that can happen in one of your arteries that may collapse and cause blockage girl and you are still out there just being strong and I'm like I know some really strong women especially with through my podcast and speaking to different people and how on social media you know I kind of research people before reaching out and whatnot and seeing how people have been through so much and so much heartbreak things that could really break you and instead you all still smile and live through it and you know share your story and you're you're all you all are just doing something to help other people now and that's admirable like go girl for that you know (laughs) (laughs) well I can say most people that do have that level of strength they're seeking to find out okay how can I move forward from this right? with a smile? Because you do have those moments where you, you do have those breakdowns. You do have those moments where it's like, oh, I can't go on or I just, I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to, I need a break. I can't breathe. I, I don't want to be around anyone. You know, all those things are part of building the strength. It's brick by brick, layer by layer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you hold a glass of water, in your hand and you keep holding it with your hand with your arm straight out right. that glass of water gets heavier and heavier over time but you didn't add more water to the glass mm-hmm. you know you're just holding it and so that's kind of how certain situations come at you but you can put that glass down mm-hmm. you don't have to keep holding your hand out you can put it down you can drink some of the water you right. can pour some of it out so it's just how you choose to respond to each situation i've learned It's how you can um, get better, but also finding quality people to remain in your circle and affirming that you are worthy of having that in your life. Yeah, that's beautiful. I I saw your on your page, one of your best friends 
it's just like, you know, like, why would I not be her friend anymore because of this, you know? So that's so important. Um, how was that after receiving the news, like with you and your, your circle or did you, um, try to like run away from it all for a second or did you, were you just honest and open with everyone about everything or how did that I didn't start sharing my status until a year after my diagnosis oh okay um I I put a lot of thought into it um I wasn't considering I was terrified I wasn't telling anybody so who for what (laughs) right right you know I might not get a job I was doing people's hair they may not want to get their hair done anymore and Mm -hmm. you know people are evil and mean and spiteful for their own fears and then how will they treat my children, the rest of my family? Mm-hmm. You know, anger can move you in a way where you respond with more anger, you mm-hmm. know. And so with some of my friends, that one that you're speaking of in particular, uh, she, I had these shirts that say, I have HIV on the front, right? Mm-hmm. And on the back of the shirt says, if only it was just that easy to tell, get tested. So it doesn't mean that you definitely have HIV, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But you have to be a very confident and bold person to wear it. Right. So it does make people think when they see it, they're like taken back, but then they question it. So when I wear it, you know, people are like, hmm, I want to ask her. She's bold enough to wear it. I'm bold enough to ask. And so mm-hmm. they'll ask me, do you have HIV? And I'll say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's one thing. Now, when that friend decided to wear that shirt, alongside with me such a beautiful experience however her mother called her up and said take that off of Facebook take it down right now Mm. people think you have HIV you should take that down right now and you be careful and don't eat after her be careful when you hug her oh wow so you still had that side of the rejection and is in that moment do you want to be humble enough to forgive that person for their ignorance or do you want to be angry and hold on to it and say, I don't like you. I hate you for, you know, saying those things about me. You're stupid. And mm-hmm. I, I could respond that way. It was hurtful. Yeah. But then I had to think about it. This same mother of this person could have been someone who put themselves at risk many, mm-hmm. many more times than I ever had. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it to that extent. Mm-hmm. It only takes one time. So it's like you can't judge. Exactly. You cannot judge exactly. someone else for, you know, the outcome of an experience because you, you don't know. Just like with pregnancy, like it, right. it happens, <laughs> you know? It does. Yeah. And then the thing that I try to remind people, especially people who work in healthcare, who think that they are immune to getting HIV as well. Mm-hmm. The H in HIV stands for human. Mm-hmm. So if you're human, you're at risk. Right. There's no such thing as no risk. Like, that's the way that I see it. Mm-hmm. Sonia, how I see it. I see there's no such thing as no risk. Well, I'm not at risk. Uh, okay. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you're at a low risk, but there's no such thing as no risk. Everyone is at risk. As long as you're human, you're at risk. And like you said, it's, it's like it's not a certain look because we all thought you know at one point like you said it was the lgbtq community and then in the 90s we had easy e pass away from aids we had magic johnson 
who has HIV, and well, he's been living with it for 20 years. Now, there's an intergenerational disconnect there. Okay. So you and I, we were kids when we met. We were, what, like seven years old? Mm-hmm. And one thing that I point out to people when I speak is that, you know, they're like, oh, HIV has been around. Magic Johnson is still living with it. And then when you say Magic Johnson to us, mm-hmm. I say to them, his announcement was in the early 90s, right? Right. We were five and six years old when he made his announcement. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to us at five and six years old? <laughs> right, 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 right. So we, if we're saying, oh, Magic Johnson has, if you say Allen Iverson has it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. then we're looking at it differently because that's more from our generation, like mm-hmm. growing up watching Iverson on TV or Kobe Bryant, like those were people of our generation right? Um, playing basketball that we were watching. However, when people say Magic Johnson is like, you're, you're talking to our parents, mm-hmm. those, they were celebrating him at you know, playing basketball and watching his announcement and everything like that. Our our parents, our uncles and our aunts, that generation. So there's a huge disconnect there. Yeah, it, it is. Just to say it all, like there is no look to it, you know, and like you said, everyone could be, I mean, we're all human. So anyone can get this. So it's like, just get tested. Make sure you protect yourself. Your partner is protected see the test results is more than oh yeah you know I got tested I I was tested a few months ago yada yada look at those test results and make sure you just always know your status I would like to say this so my daughter was born HIV negative in 2011 Yes, yes yes and my son he is 16 now, but he has knowledge around HIV and he's where he understands that he cannot get it. Um, and there are steps to take to keep it that way. He's not afraid that if he, when he's ready to date, he wouldn't be afraid to date someone living with HIV or AIDS. Oh, right. Wow, yeah. So the understanding is that when you with right today, we have over 70 medications to treat HIV and AIDS. Mm. And when people get tested, they get into care, they get treated, they accept the treatment, they can get to what you call an undetectable viral load. And when you get to an undetectable viral load, which is how many copies of the viruses in your body is suppressed Mm -hmm. to zero, you are then able to not transmit the virus at all to anyone else. So they have this campaign called U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable. So when you're undetectable, you cannot transmit the virus to someone else. And we've known about U equals U for a long time, but they've been able to brand it where they made it, they've simplified it, where you can say U equals U, but it's been that way for a very long time from mother to child transmission. We knew that if you can get a mother to undetectable viral load, then we, she will not be able to transmit the virus to her children. Wow. They learned that a long, a while ago. Yeah, I didn't know that. Getting tested is important, but getting into care is another step. Um, learning about PrEP, seeing if that's an option for you, finding a free PrEP clinic near you and seeing if that's an option for you. And if you decide to you know, be with someone, you know, when you talk about HIV or AIDS, do not talk about it in a negative way because that's going to make people stay in silence and secrecy. Why mm-hmm. would they disclose to you? Even if there is a law that says they're required to, why would they? You know, if they don't feel comfortable, if they don't feel safe. Right. They feel shamed for it. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So just being knowledgeable and educated um, is one thing, but taking a strong stand that if you decide that you do not want to date someone with HIV, you don't shame them for having it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't make them feel less valuable about their livelihood because they have HIV or AIDS. They're still worthy and deserving of being with someone who appreciates who they are as a human being, not what they have. Yeah, there you go. Before we wrap this up, I just had a couple more questions. Is is the father, is he still around of your youngest child? He is. He is still living. Okay. And to my knowledge, um, he is uh, HIV negative to my knowledge is what he has shared with me. Okay. And um, I'm so happy that your daughter, I know that had to be a stressful situation. It was your daughter, right? The youngest child? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I'm pretty sure you were like, wow, like I have to deal with, uh, you know, me being HIV positive now and then just your concern for your daughter and pregnancy, I'm sure is already stressful enough. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so now <laughs> with your... was a distraction. I was working in the okay. pharmacy as a technician, so that was a heavy distraction. And now you're able to share that information with your children so that they are knowledgeable. And like you said, your son is very aware now and and everything, which is good because a lot of us are, we're really ignorant, you know, it's like sometimes things have, has to happen to us before we understand it, you know, before we really do the research on it. And I think one thing about it is even though I'm living with HIV and I talk about it a lot and I'm an advocate and activist for it, I realize that when people see me, they don't see HIV. Right. They know I talk about it. They know I do the work, but, and I, and it's, one thing that I am known for, but yet still when people see me or they hear me speak, they still don't see HIV. And I've had to learn that for myself. And I just hope and pray that others uh, think and feel the same way. Yeah. You have a beautiful spirit, girl, and you're super strong and you're an amazing woman. Go girl for all that you're (laughs) doing. And uh, yeah, no, I totally salute you. And um, I'm very proud of you for you taking this and becoming a victor instead of a victim. And now you're helping other people. So you go, girl. You deserve all the love. Thank you so much, Ashley. And congratulations once again on this Go Girl podcast. You go, girl. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Masanya. It was great talking to you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Ashley. And I'll you're speak welcome. with you soon. Now it's time for music motivation. motivation. I keep... Ooh, that voice was kind of high. Sorry. I keep moving forward. You know, I'm going to just say these words because she sings too high. Or let me see if I can get a different octave. I keep moving forward, pressing onward, striving further. I keep, keep on laughing, keep on living, keep on loving. Yeah, I keep. Keep on dreaming, keep on achieving, keep on believing. I keep, I keep smiling when I come through, and I cry when I need to. Woo! All right. Now, I know I sang a, a bit much of those lyrics, but that is from Jill Scott's Beautifully Human album. The song is called I Keep. And if you have an album, Keep listening to the song. It goes silent for about 30 seconds to a minute, and then there's more music. She's just dope. She's just amazing, okay? But I chose that song because no matter what you're going through, no matter what might try to shake you, no matter 
no matter if you uh, get a disease in your lifetime, no matter what tries to break you, you got to keep, keep moving forward and keep pressing onward. Keep going. You can't stop. Life is, you know, to be lived. And we got to, no matter what our circumstances are, we got to keep trying and keep excelling and keep showing up for ourselves and keep being our best selves and keep growing and trying to be a better version of ourselves, right? Time waits for no one. We got to keep it moving. Got to keep it pushing, okay? Some things are meant to destroy you, but it will make you better. You just got to keep on laughing and keep on living. You have to. You have to. And plus, because don't nobody want to be around that. Like, oh, here she go again with her drama. Here she go again complaining or mad about something, which is totally okay to have your moment, of course. But there's always a way to pull ourselves out of it. You know, like I say, make sure it's a moment. It's, it's not defining you for your whole life. And it could always be worse. So be grateful that you're still here and you have another chance to get it right, to keep it moving, to keep getting better. Speaking of grateful, I'm grateful for you. I know Thanksgiving just passed and I skipped that week because I figured you were getting prepared for your Thanksgiving festivities. By the way, I wrote a whole parody about Thanksgiving. It's pretty silly. You know, my podcast, I'm a little more serious, but on my Instagram, if you follow at I am Ashley Caprice, I posted a parody called One Bite where it was a parody of Saweetie's song, My Type. I'm pretty much, you know, tired of waiting around all day for Thanksgiving. We want to get that sample of our food. We just want one bite. We only want one bite. It's also on my YouTube if you search Miss A Caprice, okay? But yeah, so I'm super grateful. And thank you for taking your time out to listen to my podcast weekly and for your feedback and for your thumbs up, for your rating, for you know, your comments on social media, through my messages, text messages, wherever. I appreciate you and I thank you. And this podcast started because I had to keep on moving forward from things that have happened to me. But you got to keep, keep on moving. Every day is a blessing. So it's another day to get it right. Okay. And God's not through with you yet. Whatever it is, you could come out on the other side of it. If you don't think so, talk to someone else who's been through it. Whether it's a job loss or trying to transition into a new career, that's been my thing lately. I'm like, okay, radio, I knew what to do, how to grind, but acting, I'm trying to figure this out. So I've been networking with more actors who are giving major tips for me. You know, same for you. If you're getting into another career field, surround yourself with people with the same goals as you. Keep yourself in positive environments. Keep your conversations positive and great, all right? Just keep moving forward. You got to. You can't look backwards. You can't look to the side. You can't look forward too much. That's my issue too. I look forward too much. Like, I want this and that and what's going on? No, 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 no. Learning to be present and staying grateful in the moment and be unshakable and keep going. All right, girl, you got this. And that whole album by Jill Scott, by the way, all her music is dope. It's dope. You know, listen to any of her songs and I'm pretty sure you can relate to something. All right. Anywho, I'm getting out of here. Um, I want to thank my guest, Messiah Trailer, for coming on to the show. Please connect with her on social media. Totally forgot to ask her about it, but you can follow her at Masanya Trailer. That's T R A 
Y-L-O-R is her last name. Be sure to follow her over there. She has such a beautiful spirit, such a kind soul. And while you're over there, be sure to follow the official Go Girl podcast page and my page at I am Ashley Caprice. I thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I'll be back next week. Also, keep up with me on my webpage at ashleycaprice.com, okay? I'm getting out of here, but until next time, remember, I am unshakable. You go, girl. <laughs>